Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javog, uh, host of the show, and I'm joined with my co-host, Tina Murray, again, as usual. Hello, hello, hello. We are doing live one more time this morning on Facebook, so um, we're here. We're here. Yeah, we're here to help. We're in the trenches, getting people through their divorces, their separations, maybe their life changes. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on in the world, and we're here to help, so... Today's episode, uh, we are going to have as the guest and the co-host, Tina Murray. Wow. <laughs> so, so now you're on the hot seat. We're going to put you through uh, through the questions. I know you're going to do awesome. So we're going to get things going. Yeah. Tina, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do? So yes, I am a mortgage agent. I am with a company called Dominion Lending Centers. And uh, I have been in the finance industry for more than 25 years but as an independent mortgage agent for coming up to 11 now. Wow. So I've been self-employed, uh, just helping people with their, their mortgages for 11 years. That's amazing. So, yeah. That's amazing. It's yeah. Fe- it must feel good. It's fun. It is fun. And I recently opened up my own office. I had been renting space inside another firm in an accounting firm in Kempful and decided it was time to expand mm-hmm. and give myself a little bit more room than a closet because I literally was in, in a closet. <laughs> And uh, I have uh, my son working for me full time now. So that's really exciting. So we're just expanding to just help more people. Yeah. Well, I think I think you're you're in uh, a very good spot, right? You've got the the credibility, the knowledge, uh, the personality. And now you've got the momentum because Mm -hmm. after 11 years, you build up uh, in any business, right? You start to build up um, uh, goodwill and credibility and stuff like that. So I think that's good. You're taking that big step, expanding yourself and getting out there. So yeah. it's fun. I mean, the thing about it is that um, all for me, and this is, you know, I'm, I tell everybody this and it might sound hokey or sure, Tina, but I truly love doing it, right? I truly love helping people with their mortgages. And I love being able to, you know, fit the pieces together and pull things together and say, we were able to do it right or you're approved and it's just it's an exciting thing to watch people go through the journey right from step one whether it's 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 you know an easy peasy mortgage and and every you fit inside all of the little squares and boxes or whether you don't and Mm -hmm. I can I can work with you and whether we do a mortgage today or we have to wait for three years to do it I've worked with people and it's just it's it's fun it's really cool to get to that point to say hey um, you are, you're, you're approved. approved, you're right? approved. Yeah. yeah. You know, know, my son said to me one day, we were working on a mortgage and he said, is that, is that what you really like about this job? Is he says, is that you can call people up after working on a difficult mortgage and say, you're approved. And I yeah. said, absolutely. And he says, it's thinking outside the box. And I said, yes, yeah. you know, and that's what I love is the freedom to think outside the box and help people. So. And, and not be a cookie cutter approach or, you know, you got to fit it within these boundaries and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's exciting too, as a business owner for yourself, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I think, I think you, you sleep very well at night, you know, you get, I think you get to the end of your day and you know, you've given everything you can, you know, and, and I think sometimes, um, you know, if people are in a, in a job or in a, in a role where they, they don't feel satisfied, they, they kind of just feel like they just need to give it just enough to -hmm. stay in the role. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and, you know, and then that's it. Right. But as a business owner, 
you kind of put it all out there. Yeah. You put every every inch of sweat and energy into something. And when it happens, yeah. man, you feel like you're on top of the world. And you know, and the thing about it is, is that I I say I have enough, I have hard enough time sleeping at night as it is, right? So when I, so people, I'm like, I always will do the best of my ability to do the right thing for people right. because I have a hard enough time sleeping at night. My brain is going, right? You understand that. <laughs> I do. My brain do. is going all of the time. So for me, it's just, it is such a good sense and, and the joy that people feel, you know, yeah. and I feel that, mm-hmm. right? So this is, this is what I love about about my job well I think yeah. you know what it might have taken you a little bit of time to get there yeah. but I think you found the path yeah, right absolutely and I I you know I think that's uh that's noble and admirable you know for most people life's short man if you can spend your 40 hours a week doing something that you're passionate about and yeah. love yeah then work with those people and be those people yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> all right so let's get into the yeah. juice of this because yeah. I mean I know you know, divorce that has has been evolving, right? Absolutely. Like it's 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 been it's almost three years, believe it or not. Yeah, like no, in six months, it's gonna be three crazy. years we've been around. We've been doing clean break for almost the same amount of time. We're pushing close to a hundred episodes. That's, That's pretty awesome. exciting too, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it's cool. really cool. And I think you know, as a as a group, we need to evolve ourselves mm-hmm. and get to a place where you know. I think through our conversations, we found that some many of the people we've talked to. Uh, they're not just divorcing, mm-hmm. they're separating from, uh, you know, their partners, uh, but that weren't, uh, they weren't uh, married, yeah. but they're separating from people who they are just dating. And then there's also people who, you know, are dealing with life challenges like death. Yeah. And, and there's so many different transitions in our lives. I think that's going to be a really good conversation for divorce net in the future about how, how we see we transition. Yeah. 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 So let's get back to you. Okay. Um, lots of changes yeah. in in the industry i know mortgages use like it it's never it's always a moving target Ugh. right <laughs> i can feel your energy oh, there you know like i say my son just started working for me fairly recently he works full-time uh, and he's young so you know he's like he's afraid to make mistakes because he doesn't know everything i'm like making mistakes is what will will you will grow and develop and expand and and you will learn more when you make those mistakes. And he goes, you know, but there's a lot at stake when you make mistakes. I said, absolutely. The thing about it is, is that I've been in this industry for 11 years. Mm -hmm. I've been in the banking finance world and did primarily mortgages prior to that uh, for many, many years. And I'm still learning Mm -hmm. because the rules seem to change every day, every week, you know? Um, And so like, and, and for me, because we have the ability to access many, many different lenders. Some lenders will do this. Some lenders will do that. Some lenders will do this. So it's, Mm. I'm always learning and developing and growing and trying to teach myself as well about it. So I'm the expert and I'm still learning. Right. So when you come to me and you're like, I need a mortgage or can I do this? It's my job to not bog you down with with all of the details, but to give you enough information to, so that you're educated, Mm -hmm. but so that but don't worry about those things. I'll figure it out. Right. Right. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about was the new stress test. Okay. Let's talk about it. So um, if you're in the finance world or in the mortgage world or looking to buy a mortgage or listen to the, you know, get a mortgage, listen to the news, you'll hear the government change the way they qualify for mortgages. So that's called the stress test or the, um, the qualifying rate. So when you get a house, you get what's called a contract rate. Mm-hmm. So let's just say your contract rate is 2%. Okay. Okay. So you're buying a house, you're, you're buying 5%, putting 5% down, you're going to get a mortgage at 
approximately 2%, maybe a less, maybe a little bit more, just depends, right? So let's use that 2%. Okay. That's what you pay on your mortgage, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what your mortgage payment comes out every month or bi-weekly or however you pay it. 2% plus principal. That is principal and interest. Right. That's your principal and interest payment plus your property taxes. Right. Okay. The, the stress test or qualifying rate is another number we use that we are we have to use. That is what we say. Do you qualify for the debt using this rate? Right. Okay. Up until June 1st, it was 4.79%. Wow. Okay. So if you're paying 2%, you actually have to qualify for that debt at almost 3% higher. Wow. Right. That's and huge. in some instances is more. If you're in a variable rate mortgage, you might be paying 1.5 on a variable rate mortgage, but you're qualifying at 4.79. Okay. As okay. of June 1st, that number is 525. Wow. That's a big jump. It's a huge jump. That's like a half a percent jump. It's just about a half a percent jump. Yeah. So we have to now qualify you on a 5.25% interest rate, wow. regardless of what rate you actually pay. Mm. So what does that mean to you? Depends, right? Mm -hmm. So what it means is if you qualified before for $450,000, you're probably around 430, 420 now. Okay. So it's not it's not the end of the world. Huge, but it's significant enough. But there's going to be also be a like there's going to be a sliver of the population that might not be able to qualify anymore. Is that right? right? That's okay. right. Right. So <clears throat> you know, if you qualified for a three hundred thousand dollar home before, and now you're at two eighty, mm. right? So here's the catch. And there's not really it's not really a catch, but here's here's sort of where this is causing grief because people are looking at homes for $400,000. But really in today's market, unfortunately, if you are qualified for 400 or 450, you shouldn't be looking at a $450,000 home. You actually need to be looking at a $350,000 home because houses are going at 150,000 above 100, yeah. 200,000. I, you know, so this is the issue. And so what the federal government when they first started this stress test many years ago, the point was to, it's not sustainable. These rates at 2% are not sustainable. No, I right? agree. I, I mean, agree. I remember my first house, it was 11 and three quarters. Yeah, I was like eight, it was very close to 8% on my first mortgage. Right. Yeah. And when we bought, we thought we were doing really well. We were with a prime bank, like we were with an, you know, schedule A chartered bank. So it wasn't like we were doing like private mortgages. Private mortgages are 10% now, 10 and 12%. Right. right. So yes. I was at 11 and three quarters percent and had, you know, thought we were, we thought we were doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Like we thought we were doing amazing. Right. And so, yeah. right. You don't know any, you don't know any different. Well, right? because we bought in the early nineties yep. and in the eighties rates were at 20%. So mm -hmm. when we had dropped down to 11 and three quarters, we thought we were. Doing wow. It's well. half the, half the price. Right. <laughs> So now we're dating ourselves by the way, <laughs> the gray hair or silver should help, <laughs> but yeah, we're dating totally. ourselves. <laughs> so, um, so when we think about 2% interest rates, it's un it's unsustainable. Mm -hmm. It really is truly unsustainable. Yep. 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 So the government didn't want to have an economic crash where all of a sudden people were buying million dollar homes when all they could really afford were $500,000 homes. homes. Right. Now, mind you, we're looking at, you know, a number of years ago. So it was not quite those numbers either. But the government said, we need people to qualify because what if rates go up to three, four, five, six percent? 
Right. So we'll make sure you qualify for the debt on a higher interest rate to avoid people having to hand the keys over. So I have a question on that. Is that a static rate or does it follow as the interest rates go up or down? Um, it has remained fairly static. So okay. it was five, three, four, you know, my don't remember when, like a year or two ago, and then it's it's dropped and it dropped and went to five point or four point seven nine percent. So right. it doesn't move like in tandem. No, right, right, no, right, it, right. It does fluctuate <laughs> a little bit. Um, really, realistically, um, when rates were three and three and a half percent, we were still at five. So it, uh, so brought down, it, back down. it went down a bit, but not in relation to where it used to be. So now it's going back up and you're thinking, okay, well, interest rates really haven't changed that much. Uh, prime has stayed low. Prime, so your variable rate mortgages and your fixed rate mortgages are tied to different markets, bond right. markets, yes. right? They're not tied to the same. So when people say, oh, well, prime went down, why are fixed rates going up? Well, all of the money and complicated are tied to different markets. Right. So they don't really correlate with one another. Mm-hmm. But um, the the reason, part of the reasoning for this new increased stress test is to try to cool the markets. Right. In the sense of the the the, the amount of money the properties are going for, right? right. So if people can afford a hundred thousand over asking and two hundred thousand dollars asking, people are going to continue to get a hundred thousand over right. two hundred thousand. But if people can't afford it, it should have a little bit of downward pressure Cooling on a pricing bit. on right. the pricing on right. these overheated markets. Yeah, yeah, it is a little scary out there today. I think uh, people are taking on a lot of debt they you know that it, it, it's a lot of debt and 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 the values are just driving up so fast interesting interesting i i i just had a client ask me to do a comparable on like using a leverage compared to buying a rental property right, right. and and it was interesting because she wanted me she she wanted a direct comparison it's not really an apple to apples right. there's so many different variables yes. right but I tried to make it as clean as possible. And the truth is what I've seen. And if you factor into 1956, the, the housing prices in Ottawa have gone up by about 5.2% every year, even with this current bubble, 5%, even with the 5%, bubble. 5%. Yeah. Like if you right. averaged out those spikes and those, those downs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Now, Ottawa really didn't have a, um, many down markets. It did have a few negatives, but not very severe. Right. Yeah. But if you average it, it's about 5.2%, even including this bubble, because you're averaging it over such a long time period, right? Yeah. But people are so tunnel vision right now. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I got to buy a house because I'm going to make, it's going to double in price in the next five years. No, it's usually closer to about 12 years, right? So um, anyways, that's just a scary thing, I think, is that people are being fueled by this fear of missing, missing out. out. I was just gonna say, oh, <laughs> fear of missing out. And, yeah. and it's true. And like so many people are desperate to buy houses yeah. and they're going in and there's bidding wars and they're getting, you know, they're going above what they feel they should or can or want to simply because they've been told this is what they can get. And then they end up, and so they go as high as they can go and the house really isn't worth, worth that. that. So I yeah. think a lot of people are a little bit afraid that, you know, the price they've paid isn't going to sustain itself in five years. I don't see prices dropping. dropping. They're just not going to go. They're not going to increase the way they have at the pace no. they have. I think it's going to be a flattening out period. There's definitely, you know, be a because I, I think living the, the, the challenge is, is yes, these properties have gone up in value, but then how how much of your income has to be directed towards living expenses, mm-hmm. you know? And there's got to be a, 
like a high watermark for that right yeah. now. And, yeah. and, and, and then a time period to let off some steam Yeah, because otherwise people will just, they'll be house poor. Well, and inflation you know? is going up, right? So the cost of our goods, even mm-hmm. though if you've, if you're in a fixed rate for five years, that, that may not change. And property taxes haven't caught up with this increase. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about when that happens, <laughs> but um, you know, but it's everything else that costs a lot of money. And that's what I advise people is that I can give you the number of what you qualify, like the very top number of what you qualify for. But realistically, it's not what you actually qualify for. It's what you can afford. Right. 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 So it's, it's knowing how much you can afford to pay out for those that monthly mortgage and property tax, mm-hmm. not yeah. necessarily what I tell you, you can afford. Yeah. And those are two entirely different things. And so I know we're kind of running out of time because we're trying to make this a really short one, but you know, I think that it's when you're divorcing, separating, leaving a family home, and there's now two family homes, mm-hmm. you have to remember mm-hmm. that many people tried to, we're having financial difficulties operating one home, yes. right? Right. Yes. Uh, divorce is a lot of divorce is caused by financial problems. Yes. Right. Agreed. And so now all of a sudden you're taking the pieces, the, the one pie, the one pie, right. Dividing it in two and now operating two full homes. Yeah. And so it's not about what you qualify for. I think people need to really seriously sit down and go, what can I actually afford? Right. Yeah. Actually afford and, and still, because again, you're already going through a stressful situation of right. breaking up the mar- of the marriage breaking down. Right. And now you're on this other side. You're trying to get there as quickly as possible. And yeah. now you're making decisions that are going to impact you for years to come. Exactly. So, and, and I've had that conversation with people too. I said, you know, if you buy too much house right now yeah. and you're just rushing to get to the other side of this, how are you going to feel for the next five to 10 years yeah. when you have to say no to your kids about playing hockey mm-hmm. because you don't have the funds? How are you going to mm-hmm. feel about because you can't take that family trip that mm-hmm. you wanted to do the Disneyland or whatever mm-hmm. it is? Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that make life worth living. Right. Having a home is important, but it's not Absolutely. everything. Yeah. You know? And we've talked about the emotion of a home. For yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm probably being pretty stereotypical, but a, for a woman, that house is is the security. Yes. Right. So I can see it. I understand why they, you know, people want to have a home. It Mm. feels like security. And like now in the market, when you see so many people selling rental properties, Mm. because right, it's a rental property. Let's capitalize on the $200,000 gain. So now all these people are the rental market is just there's more people looking than there are our houses to rent. And so I can understand it. If you own a home and let, you know, as long as you make those payments, nobody can tell you to get out. Right. So I think that people have to be aware of everything. And we talk in divorce net and on our, on our podcasts about, you know, the multi people involved in the separation. And it's really important that, that you do seek good advice and you do, do, you do consider all the factors and yes, you calm down, slow it down, you slow it down and you don't go fall in love. For me, you don't go fall in love with that house until Mm. you've, you know, maybe we can get away without a separation agreement. Maybe, Mm. but 
in all reality, it's the best piece of paper you can have a signed separation agreement. So I had a referral from a lawyer and uh, she introduced me to her client and um, said that the separation agreement would be signed by Friday. And lo and behold, on Friday, I got the separation agreement. Well, you did. I got it signed Good. separation awesome. agreement. Haven't even talked to the client yet. Good. But you know, I, I introduced myself to the client via email and that is going to make the process so much easier, mm-hmm. right? So it's set the boundaries, right? Like it's sets. setting those setting, setting expectations. Expectations. Yeah. That's what know? I meant to say. And yeah. so I think that, you know, those are some mistakes people make in a divorce or in a separation on the housing front is that they say, Oh, I got to have a house. And then, you know, we're separating. There's no sense in me living in an apartment, men and women, you know, mm-hmm. those. no sense in me living in an apartment. I should just buy a house. Well, let's just slow it down. Let's see where you are in the situation. Maybe. And I know with kids, it's not ideal to move into an apartment or to a rental property. And like I said, the market is tough, tough, tough to find. And that's the other thing too, is when two partners are separating, just to jump on that is because the housing prices are so high. If one partner wants to keep that house, the buyout is wait it's it's so much more than it was a year ago right. or two years ago right they have to come up with that cash and refinance that property yeah. give the other partner cash right which is another conversation yeah. so there's so many moving pieces in a, in a separation and in a divorce that that important to to explore all your options yeah. and and talk to the professionals it doesn't you know yes lawyers and mediators and those people cost money up front but it's worth it to do it, the value to do it, to get your, you know, we've had some divorce coaches on and they're like, you know, we help you figure things out. And then you can go to your lawyer with the sheet of paper and say here, which saves you time, which saves you money. money. And in the end, it's better for you. Right. And I think that's a big part of what DivorceNet does is it just tries to coach people to say, get the right advice. Exactly. It's going to be worth the money up front to save you the money down the road. Right. And we've seen it. We've seen it enough times. We've seen the three-year divorce cases (laughs) where I've got a client right now. He's spending three to 4,000 a month on legal fees right now. And he's probably got another eight months to go to get to the other side because there's so much conflict there. Yeah. And it's frustrating even for me as, as his advisor to say, you know, uh, like I've tried to inject uh, um, uh, coaches, yeah. family coaches into the mix to yeah. have him and his ex-partner try to get this calm down, you know, yeah. and it is, it is challenging. So yeah. I, you know what, we're going to wrap it up yeah, there, need to go but I'm going to say, you yeah. know what, if anyone needs a mortgage, you are the best mm-hmm. person to go and see. Okay. You're the most knowledgeable, you're the most caring and, uh, you know, you just light up a room. So I think they'd be well, regardless of whether they're going through a divorce or not, I think they need to come and see you. <laughs> so tell everybody how to get in touch with you. Yeah. So my tagline is I've got a mortgage for that. So I try to have a mortgage for pretty well everything, but you know, anyway, so it's a team or no, what is my, what is it? It's I've got a mortgage for that.com. So right. it's pretty simple. Uh, of course I am on the divorce net website. Yep. Uh, my office is located in Kempville, but we definitely have uh, virtual everything these days. So I've done mortgages in all over Canada, but um, yeah, so that's probably the best way to get, get a hold of me is I've got a mortgage for that.com and uh, or through the divorce net website. So great. Thanks Tina for being a guest and to everyone out there, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you and we will see you on the other side of the mic. 
You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.